Now, get ready to talk hockey. Streaming from the Oilers Live Studio. Subscribe or follow today. Hey, 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 it's Michael here for another edition of the Oilers Live podcast. We're doing a little post game after a very convincing seven to three overtime or not overtime. Uh, that'd be just impossible, but a seven to three win over the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, great win. You know, before I get into it, I just like my jingle lately in the background. You can't see me, but every time that, you know, the little the drum beat, I'm always constantly like doing the drum drumming in the background nobody sees it but man I, I like the jingle i like the Oilers live jingle it's only taken three years for it to catch on with me but uh I'm finally finally starting to like it welcome to the show dash good win tonight not bad eh thanks for having me hey let me ask you a question yeah I'm just kidding just kidding. <laughs> yeah i caught it it was a little bit late but i caught it i caught it uh hell of a game tonight uh as i said seven to three um anaheim came out like they almost scored within the first 15 20 seconds mm -hmm. uh then uh it was a legit penalty against dry i thought a legit hook uh mm -hmm. to create that first um first power play which i don't you know i can't remember the last time we had a first power play let alone a first goal yeah, exactly. Um, but it felt like I thought, ah, you know what? Maybe that's a good sign. And then, of course, Anaheim comes out and scores, uh, gets scores the first two. I thought it was going to be a long night. Like I, you know, my head was in the sand. I, I'm still watching, but I really thought it was going to be a long night. I, I had a little bit of hope after that first goal. Um, hey, they came out flying. Like this team. I don't know. They look legit. What do you think? Well, they're certainly undefeated in the new regime, aren't they? It's hard to say they don't look legit. I mean, this is the best start that a Oilers coach has ever had to, to start a tenure, if you will. Right. So I don't know, man. Yeah. It's, it's certainly looking good. I, I, I like the, the in-game decisions he's making. I like the shifts that Woodcroft, uh, Woodcroft is making on the fly and the changes that he's making within the game that, you know, it feels like Tippett didn't make. There was a lot of staunchness and, and stubbornness, I think, when it came to the way that Tippett was going to deploy his systems and his lines. And, and it's kind of nice to watch this. You know, that's four wins in a row, man. And that's four different kind of wins, right? Like we had a come behind win where Smith had to save us. And then we get a, a tight, tight game with a shutout. And then we have a track meet. And then we got this thing tonight, which I don't know how you define it. How do you define it? Yeah, you know, I mean, this is exactly the type of win that I've been waiting for the Oilers to get. In fact, well, you know, it's been it's been a buildup actually over the past four games, I think. Like, which is the nice thing. It's not like they had this, you know, surge of energy games one, two, and three. And uh, I actually think they've become better over uh, over four games. And I and I think there's lots of reasons for that, and we'll get into that, but. But, um, you know, tonight was one of those nights. Hey, you know, I've, I've said it before. I, I've been, uh, the Flames look good this year, right? And I, and I watch about as many Flames games as I do Oilers games uh, because I like to see them lose. And unfortunately this that. year, yeah, unfortunately this year, I'm not, I'm not seeing that a lot. Um, but it's because the Flames are finding ways to score goals. 
And I thought that's what the Oilers were missing. Well, they've started to find a way to score goals, right? Like the tips, the tips in, like, these are goals that, geez, I, I'll be, to be fair, I don't remember the last time we were scoring goals like this. Like, well, you had running stats of how long it even took us to touch the opposing goalie for yeah. weeks on end there, let alone getting tips in front of the net and creating traffic, Michael. Like, it's crazy. That's how you get depth scoring. Right. Like you got to get the dirty goals. These are not, they're not all going to be pretty. Yeah. And if I uh, told you before the yeah. game, Hey, we're going to score seven goals tonight. And, uh, the, and the three stars won't have McDavid, Dreisaitl, Nuge, Poyarvi, or Smith in it. What would you tell me? Yeah. Oh, I'd tell you you're out to lunch, right? Like, right. um, yeah, it was outstanding. And, and you can't even say like McDavid and Dreisaitl both had great games. I thought. Uh, oh, for sure. Yeah. 15 shots between them, man. I think like Dreisaitl <laughs> had, uh, Dreisaitl had set, no, 13 shots between them. Dreisaitl had seven and McDavid, no, other way around. Dreisaitl had five. McDavid had seven, but then Dreisaitl scored two. So, I mean, he put two on net. They just weren't shots. They were goals. <laughs> this is, and I'll credit uh, Josh from Tough Call Pod, like, you know, for saying he wants to see what this roster is capable of. Uh, this is what yeah. we've been expecting from this roster for some time. This kind of a game, obviously. I mean, there's still there's always going to be things to work on. That first goal, they've got to find a way, right? Um, instead, they seem to find a way to to let the first goal against. But hey, they came out flying. They didn't give up. That second period was a thing of beauty. Uh, they were getting. You know, we talked about it before. Not enough shots on that, right? Um, yeah. You know, the, you start throwing pucks on net at uh, weird times. You're going to get those uh, deflections. Uh, Cody Cece, like, I really like this guy. I've really, like, yeah, it, over the surprised. past four games, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, enjoying him. Uh, Duncan Keith has been outstanding the past four games. I thought this was one of his best, yeah, to absolutely. be honest. I, I barely <laughs> noticed him. And yeah. I think that's what you want out of your D and, and he really didn't hurt us out there. So I, I really did as far as, you know, comparing him to past games and him not hurting us. That's, that's one of his best for sure. Good streak, <laughs> Good streak for him. Good streak. Yeah. Of course he is. And on, to Josh's credit checks. on, you know, this team being the team that can win. <laughs> well, one of them's out of the lineup and they're winning. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, Hey, you know, I, I don't know if it's all, um, <laughs> Uh, we got, we got uh, our uh, we've got a friend from Germany uh, listening in on YouTube right now. Um, oh man, we got I got lots we got lots of comments from him. Uh, dry the nifty puck thief for sure, but he also says leave my good Duncan alone, you bullies. Uh, look, oh, I, look, I'm not. Dun- uh, I didn't know Duncan was German. My apologies. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Dunk I'm not shame. as uh, as down on Duncan Keith as as Dash is, but. But man, like, do we, we don't, we haven't missed him. You know, like there is something to be said about uh, Manson coming in, understanding the defense that he has and utilizing them effectively. Right. And putting them in the right situations, the situations to be successful. Um, When's like, was there an odd man rush tonight? Well, there just wasn't a lot of scoring chances or high grade scoring chances for Anaheim period, really. Um, there was there was 
I remember a couple instances, um, one where uh, it was just about a two-on-one, and then all of a sudden McDavid exploded for 20 feet in a second and, and closed that gap, made it a two-on-two. But there was a couple times when <clears throat> like I was, I was trying to explain to my wife the differences of how they're forechecking with this two-one-two and showing how they keep that third forward high. And, you know, as the game's going on, I'm seeing like I'm watch here. McLeod won't go deep. He'll make sure he loops back. And sure enough, McLeod did. But then Dreisaitl goes and he commits and he goes below the red line or below the goal line. And I said, see, in, in Tippett's system, he could do that. And Woodcroft's system, he's not supposed to do that. And sure enough, they turned the puck over and it went the other way for a three on two. But, yeah, you know, let's call it an odd man rush, but it wasn't a high danger scoring chance. But, you know, there, I did notice. And, and as I explained that through the game, there was two or three, I'll get, say two for sure to not exaggerate. Uh, opportunities where Dreisaitl and McDavid probably should have been the the high guy or the F3 on the four check and they went deep and then the puck went the other way as a result. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's, that's the thing, right? So four games in, you know, uh, practices, all that. I mean, four, I mean, it's really sort of four games in just under a week, right? Is it? Yeah. It's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, typical six, neon on uh, YouTube says, uh, is it just me or has Dreisaitl been playing better defensively under Woodcroft and Manson? Yeah, I think that's what we were talking about. Um, when I think he has to, right? That's yeah. that's the forecheck that I'm talking about. When you have a 2-1-2 two, two two and you're keeping that third forward high, you, you have to be on that side of the puck, right? Like and then the example I just gave where Dreisaitl um, you know, didn't follow the two one two format, goes deep behind the goal line, they get caught. Well, that there's one example where he didn't have good defensive play, and that was because he didn't follow the Woodcroft system and that. Um, you know, but they also play a nice one three one in the neutral zone, meaning that that center's got to be uh on the defensive side of the puck, not the offensive side of the puck. Yeah. And then comparatively to Tippett, Tippett used to do on the uh in the defensive zone, first forward back support of the D. Whereas in Woodcroft system, the center has to be the the first forward. Has back. to be the guy. So in that in those opportunities, like it's it's just forcing Drysaitel if he plays Woodcroft system to have to play on the defensive side of the puck. Well, so I couldn't it, agree more. Yeah, he's I think he's been great defensively for sure. When you're only running two centers, right? Which was Tippett's system as well, right? Like you, oh, I hadn't you noticed. really, you know, I mean, <laughs> when you're only running two centers, you can't have the the centers playing that much D, right? Like they. You know, that's yeah, the, yeah, you got to let them cheat. Yeah, that's right. Like everybody's talking about, uh, well, not everybody, but I mean, I've heard it a few times. Like McDavid looks like a new player out there. I wrote it in my game notes. He looks like he's got his feet back. I think he's been injured, man. Like there's been, well, I think he's been injured, but I around think around his knee being sore, but he yeah. was flying tonight, man. He burnt Drysdale for two or three breakaways <laughs> before the halfway point of the game. And still had chances going on. Man, Drysdale and Lindholm suffered tonight. Hey. Oh yeah. 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 They they, actually uh, pulled it up. Cause I was so curious. Listen to this here for, uh, for, uh, Lindholm 21 minutes leads the ducks in ice time. That's his five on five, by the way. Yeah. Um, 21 minutes of ice time. Uh, he's Corsi is 28% yeah. when you lead the team in ice time, 28%. Svenuk was 29. He was on for, Two scoring chances, four and 12 against. <laughs> yeah. And then his high danger scoring chances, he was uh, a part of one and was on the ice for seven. Yeah. yeah that's, that's as bad as it gets. Yeah. I mean, they didn't, the Ducks didn't look great tonight. They, uh, and they're coming off a of back to back, 
but you still get you, these are the games you got to win. I, you know, the one thing yeah. that I, you can't fault the Oilers for this year, for the most part, there's a couple stretches there, and then that big long stretch, but they've been winning the games they're supposed to win. That's how you get in the playoffs. Um, we really need, like, I really want to see them now under the new, new regime play some really, you know, top-notch opponents and see how they match up. The Jets are on a bit of a tear lately, so that'll be a good matchup uh, for the Oilers. Uh, they're going to lose, you know, shortly at some point. You got to think. Maybe not shortly. Who knows? But uh, they're going to lose. And that's the other thing I want to see is, um, you know, how they respond to different challenges. I'll tell you what I love is not having to search all over like Tony Brar. Jack Michaels, Bob Stoffer, whoever on game day to find out what the lineup's going to be. Right. Right. Like, you know, <laughs> you know, you yeah. know, the guys well, when know. you're winning, it's easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and, yeah. And that's, and fair enough. Um, but I think, you know, that, um, that allows for something, right? Like it's, mm -hmm. you know, I, I think even when we were winning, uh, Tippett would change up the lines once in a while on a hunch or something or, yeah, you know, he just oh, like even mid game saw. for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah in mid game. You know, uh, but, but Woodcroft's doing that too. To your point, Michael, but it's been done in a different way. Like you saw, I think Jack Michael said, "Is this is this gravy time? Is this or whatever he called it?" Because he uh, he was given the second power play unit, first unit time, and then you know the game before, um, Evander Kane gets benched for a shift or two by Woodcroft yeah, it was in the at second least one shift. Yeah. And when was Tippett, when would Tippett ever bench a 30 year old with 10 years experience in the NHL <laughs> yeah, for yeah, one and, Give him extra. and secondly, but Woodcroft, he benches a veteran for a bad shift makes proves his point, but then he puts him on for gravy time for the empty net goal. So then yeah. he goes and rewards him and makes him part of the game and, and makes him feel included. Right. And so I think like what you're saying is, is true, but it's not true because Woodcroft's making in game decisions with the lines as well. You saw him put McLeod up with dry settle and came for well, that a was a pulley RV pulley RVs injured. Right. 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 Yeah, right. Yeah. I guess that's yeah. right. I so, did miss that so I, I noticed that right away too. And I, I had a little bit of a, it grumble in my stomach there when I, when I saw that. I'm like, oh, no, he's not going to be starting this, starting this up. And, and especially in a game where we're, you know, leading the game. But um, no, it was Pooley RV. What'd you think of Kane tonight? Uh, hey, you know, I mean, I had my challenges with the Oilers signing him, but he is. Um, What'd you think of the on ice Kane product tonight? Yeah, I love it. Love it. Absolutely. 100%. Like, I mean, this is, um, you know, everybody. Uh, Everybody that was a proponent of signing Kane, this is what they were. This is why, right? Like he four goals, dirty, greasy goals, drew a penalty, right? Like, right? Drew a penalty. Yeah. Um, you know, going into the intermission, he threw another big hit and rattled some cages and got some attention there. Uh, maybe one of the best things he did that was really quiet was uh, which was it on the on the fourth goal when McLeod loops the puck back, gives it to Kane on the blue line for a given goal. Kane takes two guys with him, takes a body yeah. contact, gives the still gets the puck back to McLeod, who then, you know, to his own credit, makes a beautiful head fake, suckers in Gibson and gives Drysaddle a tap in. But that little give and go play with McLeod was nice too. So, you know, you've got all these ways that Kane is contributing to our hockey team in, in chemistry wise and, and filling holes and doing things that we hadn't done before. And God, like it's, 
it's everything we wanted. Like it's intoxicating and, you know, it doesn't change the way I feel about him off the ice, but whew, oh man, like, I didn't he, expect this. I really didn't four goals already, man. Yeah. Four goals. And, and, uh, you know, a little bit of, a little bit of grit, right? Like a little bit of spice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And a Kane hat trick. There you go. That's right. A, that's right. A goal assist and a sucker punch. I mean, the guy's doing everything as advertised. Right. And, um, that's right. You know, I'm, I'm I'm happy to be wrong, right? That's all I'll say is uh, I couldn't yeah. be happier to be wrong about him. I um, you know, I'm I'm excited when I see him get on the ice, right? See what um, uh, Durst is on YouTube. He says Kane is everything we'd hoped Cassian would be. Uh, true, true, yeah. And the um, uh, we got um, oh yeah, uh, Black uh, Masakari on his uh, YouTube talking about um, McLeod more and more confidence. Talk about McLeod. Oh yeah. Like man, he's a different player. Yeah. And he's this, a different he's player under McLeod. And, and he's he got was hockey already sense. Already improving. Yeah. Right? Like he's he's starting to shake that uh, reputation for being an outside player because he's getting more and more opportunities to go to the net and he's using them. I think he's still passing up opportunities to shoot. And maybe that's just a rookie playing with good players, you know, you want to defer, but yeah, man, I I he's love the speed kid. and Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. yeah I can't, Love what I see uh, there. can't complain. I mean, you know, we're seeing things through this lineup that uh, I'd say at the beginning of the season, we had hoped to see. Um, I'm just waiting for, uh, to hear what the Eastern analysts have to say. Now I'm, I'm glad we scored a power play goal. Cause that now they'll talk about how our special teams aren't uh, playoff worthy. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Our five and five is finally good. Five V five. And, and now they'll talk about special teams. Uh, they'll find something to pick apart. I I'm, look, this team is noticeably improved. There's no, no doubt. Goaltending uh, has had a part in that uh, is helpful, yeah. um, but there's a lot of things, right? There's a lot of things just going right. And um, when things go right, you know, it's a nice little snowball effect. You know, everything starts to go in. Things start to, this is great. I mean, you know, a seven goal game, uh, leading, leading the league, right. With five goals, five goal games is I think what Michael said on the broadcast. That's yeah. Five goals or more in a game, 20 times this year. Yeah. That's absolutely awesome. Seeing McDavid again, flying around like he is, uh, that cane, that little cut in the, uh, it just, uh, near the top of the slot tonight. Like he looked like he contorted his body in some way. I didn't think possible. And he got a shot off on, um, on Gibson, I don't know if you remember the one. Uh, Is that the one where he went around dry, uh, Drysdale on the backhand and then still no, got a he, shot away? Yeah, he, this was uh, this was up near a little bit inside the blue line. Uh, so not, um, I don't think that's the one. And the one you're talking about, right, was closer to the closer to the goal. It was, this yeah, one, it, this one was just um, like it wasn't like a hard shot. I just the the guys clearly got skill. Right. And, uh, and I think he's just going to get better. Uh, in fact, he's going to be, you know, he's going to be a real nice addition for this team down the stretch. I, I couldn't be happier to be wrong about him, honestly. Uh, and yeah. I think, and I'm, and I'm getting the impression, uh, no matter what, he's going to keep his nose clean. It, it's, it sounds like, you know, things are going right in his life a little bit too. So, uh, he'll keep, I think he'll keep his nose clean for the season. I'm not sure, uh, you know, I mean, why wouldn't he, right? Yeah, 
Yeah, yeah just right. uh yeah, 40 games. You know, it's man, he's he's looking good. Ryan? Like Ryan's looking good out there. I mean, Josh renamed that line the perfection line. Yeah. That, <laughs> that's right. That yeah. Ryan McLeod um like Derek Ryan and then Ryan McLeod with Fogel line is, is looking amazing. I mean, their yeah. possession yeah. numbers were really good again tonight or Nuge, Yeah. Well, their their uh, possession numbers were good again tonight. Oh yeah. I said the wrong Ryan. Sorry. Um, yeah. 62% is the line again tonight. They got, I think five, five on five goals in the last three games. So they last four games now, I guess. So that's, now Neil's that's brought something up on, uh, on YouTube that um i'm i'm of a mixed feeling of but i'm curious get your opinion on it uh he says i love that we finally have two power play units um i i would love for the top unit to be scoring again i don't think that's the problem i don't think the problem is two power play units you know i've uh we'll see what the answers are in friday's mailbag on heavyhockey.com tomorrow but there's still problems with the power play right yeah and, um, like, I think that top power play unit has got to get it together. And I'm not, I have a, uh, the challenge. I know you and I talked about this before we got online. You know, you think that, uh, teams are adjusting the dry cycles one timer. I've, I've, I had a little feeling at some point in the year, you know, remember you'd see, they do the cutaway to dry cycle taping up his hand or something. I, I still think he was, um, and still might be nursing a bit of a hand injury. Right. I don't think there's any doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they replaced him at, uh, right on his spot on the power play. They had McDavid taken one timers from dry office. That's there right. For a few games yeah. before Woodcroft was on. So I think that's I, made I, the I biggest that, difference. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, there's the, you know, there's the, there's a few things I, I see with the power play right now. And it's, it's, it's the fact that that power play had already been slowing down before Woodcroft ever showed up. Yeah. And I do think that is um, an element or, or a result of the fact that dry sidles um, it's scoutable. It's a scoutable power play. Now, now you can have the, the naysayer or the um, devil's advocate come at you and say, well, look at Ovechkin. He's been scoring from the same spot for 900 goals and in, in 25 years now. Um, but the difference is, is they've got for all of those 600 power play goals, Ovechkin scored, he's had Backstrom distributing. And on the other side, he's either had Kuznetsov or he's had John Carlson, or he's had somebody else. That's an absolute threat. And if we have Bouchard set up that way, maybe because he's the right-handed shot, then, then perhaps, right. You could have Bouch on one side, like the caps deploy Carlson and we have dry in the, in the OB spot. But ultimately, well, you'd have the other way because they're right and left-handed, but you know what I mean? Um, but that's that's one thing they need to do. But they keep, you know, Tip kept going back to Barry, who's not a shooter on the power point. He's more of a distributor. And then so I think it makes the power play more predictable when Bar- Barry's always distributing. There's no shot that you've got to respect on the point, right? We talked about it before. When Bouchard had the ca- uh, quarterback on the power play, he scored uh, two power play goals in 66 seconds. In yeah, one game. And he's seen, he's seen a little bit of ice time on the, on the power play. He's seen a little bit of ice time on the power play with, uh, with Woodcroft. And I, you know what, I think, like, I think they're going to, um, they're going to continue. What I do like to Neil's point, having two power play units. Yeah. I do yeah. like that. They're going to sort of like change it up a little bit. Right. Like we, we were used to under Tippett seeing that top line 
play almost a whole two minutes. To me, if, oh, yeah, if, you, sure. if your power play line plays a whole two minutes and they don't score, then you've just exhausted your, your top players for a full two minutes, right? Like, and, you've, and you've got um, 13 guys on your bench that haven't been in the game for yeah. three, four, or five minutes now. Um, I, I wrote that down as well to Neil's point. Yeah, the, the, de- the deployment of having a second power play has been beneficial. And just for the, you know, the example you just brought up, that's what I was going to say for sure. Um, I think the reason they're also potentially also struggling a little bit still under Woodcroft is the little bits of changes he's implemented. Yep. Um, if you have a bit of a look at how Tippett set up his power play versus Woodcroft, I really notice heavily that Woodcroft is relying on that bumper position in front of the net. If he's got, uh, like he's still playing a one, three, one on the power play, but you know, the two sidewall guys <clears throat> generally used to try to either dish behind the net or have some guy that had net front presence, right. That really sat there and tried to dig in where now they've kind of got, from what I've seen so far, Nuge deployed in that bumper spot in front of the net. And he's not sitting there taking cross checks. He's, he's, he's darting in and out yeah. and he's trying to find opportunities to go. So it, it's odd because there isn't a lot of traffic going to the net on a power play, which looks a little funny sometimes, but at the same time, I still think they're just readjusting to those new positions, right? Like Dreisaitl's still in his office, but now McDavid's playing the new half wall. Nuge is playing the center bumper position. And we've got Bouchard, Nurse, and, um, well, Bouchard and Nurse getting the majority of power play time recently. And that's, yeah. you know, the power plays had Barry deployed for 90% of it all year. So I just think there's some adjustments there on, on top of it, too. Yeah, and take some time, right? We're four games in, so we'll see what um, other adjustments right. happen. And, yeah, wait and see. And that's what I said in the mailbag. Wait and see. Yeah, yeah. And uh, hey, look, I mean, you're winning games, right? Like, who cares? <laughs> right? A little bit. I mean, hey, you, you want... hey the yeah. pre, the beginning of the season, Oilers needed the power play. Capital letters needed the power yeah. play. Yeah. We did. We haven't needed the power play. Here's the other piece to that, I, in which I think works against you is um, I honestly think, and I, I doubt you'd disagree with me, but the refs didn't want to call, make calls against the Oilers when the power play was at, you know, close to 100%, <laughs> right? You know? Something to that. Hey, yeah. it feels like, like there's we a got, relationship We got more. There, we definitely were getting more calls now. Like I'm, I can't imagine the refs sit there on the ice and go, well, they're probably going to score if I call one. So I better not, but fuck, who knows? Game just, I, hey, it feels, it feels that way. Like, I mean, it really feels like we've had more calls that McDavid's had, you know, uh, the benefit of some calls lately. Well, he has, he went from 200 and something in the league for drawing penalties into the top. So yeah, yeah. And certainly I, and, trending that way or Gary Bettman or somebody made the call and said, start calling more McDavid shit because we're sick of hearing about it from Edmonton. And you know what? I mean, a power play is good for one thing, right? It's possession in the zone, right? You know, whether you score or not, that's two minutes that's typically in the offensive zone and sitting in your end, uh, yeah. you know, other than... Um, two minutes, you don't have to put Devin Shore on the ice. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, I mean, he isn't. He's AJ? been the one. <laughs> he's been the one thing. He's not been getting any time. Uh, well, he's, yeah, he's the he's, only oiler tonight that had more scoring chances against than four yeah you know and that's not that was how do you do that tonight i pull the rvs out long term you think this is um a big deal or do you think it's something given what we've seen today and and after he sat out i mean pull the rvs hey 
he's I think he's been great. In fact, I think Pooley is one of the missing pieces that I don't think Tippett fully realized he had. Like if Pooley mm-hmm. was on a slump, I think Tippett mistook that for him not being beneficial to the play. Uh, but even when Pooley on a slump, like he just, you know, he, he drives the play in the offensive zone. Like he, you know, he gets, he gets things moving. And, and the one thing we've learned about watching him play is that he'll get out of it. Right. Like he'll start to get goals like he yeah. got tonight. Right. Um, and Tippett never played him like that. It's like when Pooley got on a slump, he'd say, well, I'm going to demote you to the third line. And, and we all know how many minutes third line got on a Tippett system. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, uh, but I do, here's the thing is I think if, you know, if, uh, Woodcroft continues to run the lines, like he has team continues to play like they have, uh, over the past four, then, uh, losing Pugliarvi for, you know, a, a short period of time, you don't want to lose him too long. It hurts us because he shoots right-handed. Yeah. Yeah. We've got depth on the left side or just, it's, you know, that, <laughs> You know, that leaves us with Yamamoto for, you know, maybe top line duties or what have you. And it just, yeah, it starts to put a wrench into things. There's no doubt. Does Koskinen start Saturday? Yeah, probably. Ah. I think so. I think he does. Uh, That's going to be my, you know, that's going to be a big thing, right? Why? Uh, well, I mean, I like like first start under, yeah, first start or? under the new coach, like see how the team responds. Right. Like, I think, you know, it's one thing when you've got, I think Smith, other than his start tonight, which, you know, wasn't a hundred percent, but Smith has been battling really well. Skinner put together a hell of a game. He didn't have a lot of shots against him, uh, but you're confident when you get goaltending, right. When you. You know, when you're not uh, worried that every puck that's going towards the net might, you know, have a chance to go in. I still contend that it doesn't matter how good Koskinen's playing. You're just never sure what you're going to get game after game. And that's got to mentally, that's got to get to you, right? As a, as a player out there. And so I'm kind of curious if he starts Saturday. It's a matinee game, right? You want to say, I guess I think it comes down to it. Do you want to start Koskinen versus like, it's a back to back, right? So do you want to start him versus um, Minnesota or do you want to start him versus, you know, in the next game? Yeah. So Saturday's a matinee game. And then uh, they play Minnesota. So, like Winnipeg. We played the Jets so far twice this year. We beat them, but that was when Skinner was in that. And I believe when we had Koskinen in net, it was 5-2 or 6-2 or something like that. So do you come back with Smith, who's had better success against the Jets, especially last year? You know, played okay in the playoffs, good enough in the playoffs, just not as good as Hellebuck, and then come back with Koskinen against Minnesota? Yeah, and, and I think you always play to win the first game, right? So you throw Smith in the first. Well, we game. gotta play to win yeah. every game, right? Yeah, now, we but. gotta play to win every game. But <laughs> but I I mean in a back to back, right? You play to win the first game. Yeah, you got to get that out of the way. Um, that's always the one that's right in front of you is always the most important. Yeah, I changed uh, my answer. I think they're yeah. gonna go Smith against Winnipeg and Costin and against Minnesota. I really do. Yeah, I th- I think you're probably right. I think you're right. 
Uh, defense. You talked me into it. Defense has been uh, better, but we talk about the, you know, just the overall defensive system, right? Having that third forward yeah. back. Um, what? Who on defense has really stood out for you uh, in this stretch? I mean, that's easy for me. Um, I'll give you a long-winded answer. So that's what you pay me to do. Um, <laughs> you know, I think Woodcroft and, and Manson are, have become pretty adept and, and used to deploying uh, 11 and 7s and 10s and 6s and 10s and 7s and whatever else happened. I mean, Bakersfield was riddled with COVID um, shortly before his promotion. So, you know, you, you take what he's doing now and, and whittle that back to a month ago, and he's probably been dealing with 11 and sevens that entire time. So yeah, they're getting good at it. I think what I love about it is, um, I think how many times this year I blew in the face talking about how we've got to protect our middle pairing defenseman. Yeah. Right? I've been taught, you know, how many times have I said that? I don't think that that, middle pairing that our two, three, four spot is going to get us far in the playoffs. Well, maybe Woodcroft's proven me wrong, Michael, because like, if you're going to deploy the three veterans, uh, CC nurse, and you know, if it's Barry and they get their <clears throat> 20 some minutes, 18 minutes, just like a veteran should, but all of a sudden you can split these other three defenseman spots up against four guys and spread them out 10 minutes a piece, 11 minutes a piece. They're all getting to be a part of the game. Yep. You've got Nima Linen taking penalty kill. You've got Broberg taking penalty kill. You've got um, Bouchard back up on the power play and not doing penalty kill anymore. So he's got each one of these guys involved somehow, or he's giving them gravy time at the end of the game. Everybody on that bench feels like they're involved. Sorry, Devin Shore. And because of that, there's a lot more flow and there's a lot more. I just think like, you know, there's guys out there that said it. Cassian and Derek Ryan said it. I can't yep. get into yep. a game, game when I sit on the bench for seven minutes. So I think that that's been really the key is that deployment. Who stands out? Marcus Wrecking Ball, Nemo Linen. The guy's like oh, seeking destroy shock and awe, man. <laughs> I, like he, yeah. he Junior B hits to hurt. I love it. I love it. Yep. It's like he shot out of a finished cannon. The guy's going after, look, I wrote some stats down, actually. That first game in the Islanders, holy shit, seven hits in 11 minutes. Like, what? Next game, he leads the team. He only had two hits, but he led the team in hits with two in 14 minutes versus San Jose. He led the team with hits with four against the Kings um, in 13 minutes, and he got four again tonight. He didn't lead the team tonight because Lagason had five and Nurse had seven or something. But um, that's 17 hits in four games and in 52 minutes of time on the ice. You know, Dursa just popped in it earlier and said, you know, that's what we always wanted Cassian to be. I, I went back and looked and, and to get 17 hits from Cassian, you've got to go back to when Craig McTavish was still playing. It, like, it, yeah. it's just been not happening. So well, for him to be throwing the body around like he has has been fantastic. This is too about preparation, right? Like this is about putting guys in, um, you know, in the right spot to be successful. And that, you know, that is so important when it comes to your defense, right? Like very often, you know, on the offensive side of the puck, you just, 
you want your best guys out there. They'll do whatever they do against whatever defense they're playing against. Uh, and I mean, you, obviously, you're still going to play your matchups, but your defense is so so vital, right? Yeah. Like I, you know, I still go back to that Samarikov uh, game mm-hmm. where you know, like Tippett wanted him out there when he got absolutely walked, and then he sits him for the whole game. He actually ended up on the ice after. Um, after their top, I can't even remember who they were playing that game, but their top line came out. St. Louis, they got two minutes, uh, two minutes and twelve minutes, two minutes and twelve seconds of ice time. Ryan O'Reilly walked him uh, right. to, to Tippett's defense. He gave him another chance and uh, put him back out there, but then he got walked again against the minus, same minus, against the same line, yeah. <laughs> minus like, two yeah. and two shifts versus those guys. So, but there's not, they were the, at the time they were the hottest, one of the hottest lines in the league. Yeah. 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 And, and so the Tippett's defense, he gave him the chance. He just shit. The bed yeah. Yeah. He gave a rookie a chance against one of the best lines in the league. That's yeah, the part here, that pl- that's play against the Conn Smythe trophy no, winning Ryan nuts. O'Reilly here. Uh, and Jordan Cairo, who's the fastest guy in the NHL. Um, here's two shifts. Oh, and, and because you didn't do well against those superstars, you don't get another shift. Yeah. I mean, he, I mean, he, he totally got walked, but, but at the same time, right? Like, I think that these guys will play better if they know that they're, you know, they're not going to be punished for every mistake that they make. Right. And you feel, you feel a little bit better about playing your game then. Right. Like you're not, you know, I'd be scared to bench Nima line and he might run me in practice. If I'm a coach. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. He's looking like a poor man. Scott Stevens sometimes, man. Like, I I swear to God, like the the runs he's taking are phenomenal. (laughs) I love the predatory nature of his game right now. He is, uh, you know, there's um, some talk on YouTube right now. Neil says uh, his, um, he could replace Larson's toughness. Uh, uh, You know, black Muscari says uh, still far from Larson's great shutdown skills, which is, which is correct. Yeah. He's not a first line shutdown guy, but he's a third pairing shutdown guy. And he we've only got makes now, $150,000 yeah, a year. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, we've got now a little bit of, you know, back end uh, toughness, a little bit of front end on with Kane. You know, mm-hmm. immediately, you know, in the last, what, six, seven games, the Oilers have got a little bit grittier to play against. I think they still have work to be done, but mm-hmm. hey. I think that I think chip and chase great. style that they're playing now promotes physicality a little bit too, right? Like, Tippett used to have them... Tippett hated them taking low da- um, low low danger or low percentage shots without yep. have like right. There's always trying to pass the puck perfectly right all the way into the net, and I think it made guys snake bitten sometimes where they're like scared to take a shot and just put it to the net and keep it simple because they didn't want that low percentage shot giveaway that Tippett was so worried about. Whereas I see this chip and chase style where they're dumping it in and just going after it. And it almost, like I'm saying, promotes physicality because they're going in and they gotta they got to separate the body from the puck when they get in there. So now they're throwing hits. And if you look at the trends, there's the San Jose game was down a little bit for some reason, which surprises me given the cane factor there. But but uh, almost every game since has been like quite a high amount of hits compared to normal. So there's there's something changing there, whether that's effort, whether that's passion, whether that's the system. I don't yeah, know. it's a little bit of both. I mean, I, I, mean, I suspect, I, I think... I even I would even go so far as to say I just I like I think when there are guys on a team that never got to see the ice and I still you know I've said this before I contend that you know there's a lot of those guys that came up from Bakersfield 
right? That would come, they'd get benched, you know, and they start to talk, right? Oh, for sure. You know, Bouchard's friends with all the guys from Bakersfield. They, you know, they play in the A together. Like those guys are, those guys are like, you know, they're tight when they're playing the AHL. Probably more yeah, tight than what you think Tippett's reputation was yeah. in the Bakersfield dressing room. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like those guys, right. you know, they wanted to play on the big club, but at the same time, they probably get back and, and talk about how, you know, all I did was get benched for making, yeah, the, you know, the a slivers mistake, in Samarukov's right? ass. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I like there's probably you, nobody wants to come out and say it, right? There's not going to be a player that's going to come out and say, I hated playing for Tippett. They never, you know, well, that, it's yeah. almost Career the only suicide. guy, the only guy that anybody's ever said that about was Babcock, right? And outside of that, I mean, nobody's ever trashed a coach, right? Like in it's public, just, anyways. Yeah, not I think in a public. few guys told Keenan they didn't want to play for him, and then it or would just their, be a fist fight and they did. Or their it, Uber but... driver or whatever. <laughs> or right? That's the wrong cane. Exactly. But you know, you know what I mean? Like, so, you know, you got sure. guys, they're going to go out there. They're going to play a little bit harder. They're going to do the right things. They like to coach. What's not to like about Woodcroft? You see the guy the way he stands at a presser, right? Like that man, is- like I've been following the condors for quite a while, man. And, and I've learned this a while ago that if I'm ever having a bad day, I just play myself a Jay Woodcroft interview. Like the guy's oozing passion. He's oozing positivity. You can see it on him when he's talking, right? Like you could just see the, he, he speaks like he's well thought out. He's just like, I just find him very endearing. I don't know. You know, Ab- like he's, I don't know. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's he, just, yeah. you're right. There's something about it, right? Like Tippett was quiet and store, or, you know, kind of stoic or whatever. And he had that player's coach reputation, but I don't know whether it's the age gap or whether it's just the experience in Bakersfield with these players, but yeah, man, I totally noticed that as well. Yeah. Or to yeah. Brett's point, maybe it's cause he's standing up in the pressers. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, you know, I, whatever it is, the team's got a little bit of energy right now. Call it the coaching bump, whatever uh, it, we need. Um, we're not going to know fully what it means until team goes through a bit of challenge. Right. You know, yeah, until for they sure. lose a game. Uh, there's still, there's still clearly a few things they need to work on, right? It's not like, you know, it's not all unicorns out there and, and rainbows and and that. Sure. I, there was a shift today where Dry Settle, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but he looked. Did you see him? Like he bagged himself out there. Like he he stayed out for an extra, had to be 30, 45 seconds one time. And, oh really? I could yeah, I, he's, he does the lazy Dry Settle skate back. Until the puck oh, gets yeah, his, he's so good the, for that. Hey. <laughs> until the puck gets his stick and then he gets a little burst. But he should have, you know, he should have um, uh, changed off uh, like 20, 30 seconds earlier. And I was sure Anaheim was going to come back and, and score. And they almost had a, a you know, a opportunity off of that one particular play. I should have wrote down what time it was so I could refer to the time of play. But, you know, the reality is, though, those things are becoming fewer and farther in between, right? As you, you know, as mm-hmm. a coach kind of gives his expectations. I uh, had four short shifts, uh, four long shifts and one extra short shift. It says standard deviation was 20 seconds from 48 seconds. So you would add about a 70 second shift there. Yeah. And I'm guessing that's that's got to be the one. I mean, it, it, to me, it was noticeable. I watched him and then, the, you know, the lazy skate back. Um, 
And, and, you know, over time, that sort of thing, you, you start to play for the team. You start to realize everybody's going to get a shot out there. Yeah. Hey, we had um, shrimp on uh, Robbie shrimp on Sunday. So I had to ask the questions to kind of get, you know, my own assumptions uh, <laughs> confirmed. And, and I asked him what he thought about that. Right. Like guys sitting on a yeah. bench and he, and uh, the, that's exactly what he said. He said, like, guys got to be in there. Right. It's just the, the, uh, players are too good in this league now for, you know, two lines to run, run the play. Right. Like they're just too good. You need, you need all four lines running, right. Or at least three lines running, which the Oilers have had. And I think, you know, I know you, we talked a little bit, it's probably a little bit of a little bit of both McDavid injury, maybe like a slight injury, but I also think it's just the time that he's had on the ice. Yeah, um, yeah, fatigue, you know, overall fatigue. Yeah, I think, you know, and, and this will only be good for this, you know, this stretch of games that we have here every second, every second night, which, you know, I find exhausting and I'm not even playing. <laughs> yeah, fair <laughs> like, enough. Like, you know, so I can, I can only imagine, but, um, you know, it'd be nice. You know, we, it was kind of, this would, this is kind of what should have been mandated. Um, you know, down the stretch is is just getting you know more lines running, uh, is sheltering those guys a little bit and getting them on for key minutes. Uh, Black Masakari on there says, um, funny how fast dry can be. Uh, you don't see it that often. It's true. He's he's incredibly um, he's incredibly fast. I find especially given anyway, his knock coming out of junior was his foot speed. Yeah, yeah. Like I've he's beat players before. Uh, Neil said there was a Woodcroft quote about nurse. He burns with passion, which is true. I, you know, I, that's one thing I, you know, I like about nurses. He's always I think that uh, whole nurse lineage does. Oh yeah, no doubt. We haven't talked about that by the way. Congrats in the to DNA, the DNA man. Yeah. To the sure. uh, Canadian women's hockey team. Hell of a game. Yeah. That's, uh, that's how you win games. Come out early, score often. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Dursa says, I, oh, we're uh, talking about Nima Line in there. Uh, Marchment, Jason Smith kind of take, right? No prisoners. Game. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what I mean. A poor man, Scott Stevens. So, yeah, that's yeah. an even better example. That's probably what he was building off of because Scott Stevens had more skill than Nima Line but, uh, but, yeah, I'm just talking about that predatory nature. So those are some good examples as well. So if you, actually, I am curious about your take on something. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, you know, you go ahead. I'll, I can revert back to this. It's kind of not. I, I think. Okay, <clears throat> I, I know you had a. I don't know about a strong stance, but you know, you had a stance on this, and, and you know, with the Woodcroft version of the Oilers that we've seen in the last four games, still giving up the first goal seventy five percent of the time here. Are, are you willing to change your stance that a poor start is the maybe personnel and not the coaching. Oh, oh on the personnel, spot. No, not the coaching. Dude, we, we've had yeah, 14 cause... first. We've only scored first 14 times this <laughs> yeah, entire yeah. season. We are dead last in the NHL and scored first by about five or six games. Like it's embarrassing. We've done it three out of the four times that Woodcroft's been here. We used to blame the goalies. You can't do that anymore because every single one of them has an 80% chance of getting scored on first, all three of them. 
you know, and I know you were pretty, you know, tip, it's not getting them going. And that can be a coaching thing. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, you do. know, I, I mean, I still, yeah. I mean, some of it, right. Like, you know, at, at, at a certain point, everything that happened was Tippett's fault in my head, <laughs> right? Like it just, <laughs> it just started to confirm, you know, everything I hated about Tippett. Uh, yeah. I mean, some of it has to be, I, I, I did say this before and I, I'll say it still, and it still sort of holds true. It's mental. Okay. Right. Um, sure. I do How think, so? Cause I have a theory on this. So I want you yeah. to kind of, well, I, you know, I, I like, you've been scored on so many times first, right? Like you just, it just gets in your head, you know, like, you know, it's like getting a monkey off your back and, and yeah. we've, when we've we're yet to kind of score back to back games first, right? Like, like we need to, we need to have two or three games in a row where we score first before I think we can officially say we're kind of out of the slump. Um, I think, I think coaching has something to do with it. I, you know, I think it's Woodcroft's duty to, sort of build that out of them. I don't know that he's had enough time. Like, I think that's an ingrained yeah, piece of their, size. you know, it's an ingrained piece of their um, DNA. I think there are, there are minute so, changes too. in, and I said this early, I said, you know, I said, Woodcroft's not going to have a chance to really implement the systems that he wants, but the in-game coaching is going to be a big deal. Uh, and I always thought he's the done in-game both. Yeah, and and he has. You're right, and I think the in-game coaching though is where you know I was always bothered by what Tippett did. I always felt like Tippett came out unprepared for yeah. the other team. Like maybe he had the team watch video, um, but Woodcroft, uh, you know, or rather the team watch video, and he didn't. Right, like he didn't know. You know, this like that St. Louis game. Like that's their St. Louis's second line was the hottest line in the league at the time. Yeah, Tarasenko you know, was on fire then. Yeah, like is that. Is that more to do with, um, I, I, I don't know. I mean, you, you can only blame so much on coaching, but I still think uh, it, has a, it has an effect. And I do think that um, Woodcroft's going to have to be the one to get them out of it. They got to come ready. They're just, uh, but I thought in the past four games, I feel like they've come out a little bit harder each game. You know, I mean, there's, there's, um, uh, look, everybody lost an ego on YouTube. Says Oilers score first twice with Woodcroft in the first two games. So maybe you can. I thought it was one out of four, not two out of four. Yeah, I, I'd have to look. I mean, it was. Um, I know the first game. Anyway, you know, I mean, small sample size. I, I, but to to my point, I mean. There was a point at which anything that happened to the Oilers, I felt was Tippett's fault. Like I just, you know, I I'd had enough and uh, <laughs> and watching it. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, some of that's confirmation bias on my own bit. But um, I look, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just happy curious where your head was at, because I, yeah. like my theory on that is, you know, we talk about load management and, you know, maybe Kawhi Leonard invented this for everybody but ultimately we can all agree not a hockey player on this earth plays 60 minutes a game, 60 minutes a night, 82 games a season and never gives up and never stops. You can't. And if you do, you're generally, you know, can't be successful in the playoffs because you've already had an 82 game playoffs, right? The playoffs is when you start trying every second and every minute. Am I fair in saying that? Absolutely. Yeah. I yeah think especially NHL point, playoffs. Yeah. 
for sure. So I think to your point, what's ingrained in the DNA of this team, and my theory is this, whether it's the leadership group, whether it's the entire whatever, and, and I think I have to point to the leadership group, I think that they're waiting to see how hard the other team is going to come out to decide how hard they have to try. I think that if there's a game where they can float for 40, they'll float for 40 and then try for 20. But if they other team comes out hard in the first three or four minutes, then, okay, shit, here we go. We've got to try early tonight. But what happens when you play like that is, guess what? In 50 games, you get scored on yeah. 36 times first because you're waiting to see how hard the other team's going to try. So I don't know. I think there's a bit of it to that. And it worked for them at the beginning, right? They started outscoring their mistakes and they're like, oh, this is a good little pattern. And then all of a sudden it just wasn't a good little pattern anymore. So, so you know, maybe to build on that, <coughs> it, Please if, if you are a team that plays two lines, then that is a very solid way to play because you, you know you're going to be playing extra minutes, extra hard minutes. You want to know how much effort you need to put into every shift. Mm-hmm. Right, in order to conserve your energy going in throughout the game, right? Mm-hmm. So, I, you know what? I get that. That's hard to break, right? Like, it's hard to break that type sure. of mentality. Um, so yeah, so you know, a little bit of that is coaching 100%, right? Like, you once, um, you know, I and I think we're seeing it with the way McDavid's flying around the ice, right? Like, I think once, once they realize yeah. that they, you know, they have the opportunity to go all out. And uh, they're going to be rested enough to go all out the next shift. They'll start all out from from the uh, from the get go. And hey, having um, Nuge's line producing and looking good out there and and taking tough minutes, right? For sure, that's um, that takes a lot of pressure off you. I apologize. Um, the others scored first against the Islanders and the Sharks. Yeah, it's two out of four. My bad. Two out of four, so that's not bad. Damn tippet. <laughs> <laughs> so they scored first in their first two games under Woodcroft and then got scored on again. So the bad habits are creeping back, maybe. But yeah. no, that's a good point. Thanks. Thank you, listener. <laughs> Neil yeah. Masakari or whatever the hell we're I don't know. Uh, yeah, Black, Black Masakari. I, I wish YouTube would show your names because uh we got uh, Night Rule podcast. You guys think eleven and seven is kind of a comment on lack of forward depth, especially fourth line. Eleven and eleven and seven. I think it's more of a statement on our lack of defense depth. To be honest, I know that's contradictory to the fact that we're playing seven defensemen, but I think he needs that seventh defenseman in the lineup to be able to spread the minutes amongst the four, five, six, and seven guy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would, I would suggest that's true as well. And like I said earlier, I think Woodcroft and Manson have been quite accustomed to playing 11 and sevens and tens and sevens and tens and sixes because of the COVID. So I I just think that that's what they've been doing this year. Yeah. And you know what? It's working, right? Like it's, yeah, you, you got four in a row, Uh, but it's a good question. I, I, I don't know. I mean, when you've got three top lines, I think that, look pretty deep I, I that's all the depth you need you can throw whoever you want on that fourth line they just got to be grinders and you know they'll play short type of minutes right like five minutes a game you know that i mean uh, if you're gonna have someone play four or five minutes a game then you might as well just get a goon call steve mcintyre back 
because then at least guys are protected. No, I'm serious. No, no, I, I love McIntyre. If you're gonna get four Man. minutes on yeah. the ice, what the fuck do you need to be Devin Shore for? You might as well be six foot seven and break Ivanon's orbital bone every second game. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's um, that was talked about. Uh, I was listening to Stoffer today. You know, he talked about. Um, he was talking about that with. Um, uh, uh, <laughs> Who's the color guy on our broadcast? Debrusque. Well, Jack or Reed or, yeah, yeah. DeBrusque. Call, or, or Moon, Camoon? Debrusque. No, he's talking about oh, the, oh, Louis, he was, oh, he, yeah, the he seventh Louis guy on that there. I could have picked. Yeah, he had Kevin Louis Quinn, on there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he had Louis on his show and they were talking about that. I mean, the Oilers don't, like, they don't really have a, you know, legit tough guy. I mean, Kane, Kane will go if he's called on, but he's not going to take the toughest guy on. Yeah, you know, whichever. Although he did, you know, he no, did. Kane would. I think to be. Honest. I think he would. I'm just not sure. And I guess Nurse, Nurse has and and will. We don't need him or Nurse in the penalty box. But I think to prove to his new team, I think Kane would be willing to drop him with pretty much everyone. I mean, he's fought Ryan Reeves a couple times. How much worse can it get than that? Oh yeah, no, Reeves is a big dog. He's a monster. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's um, I yeah, I don't think Kane's going to be scared to take anybody on. Uh, for sure, but we still don't have that enforcer kind of guy on the team. Like Kane's no. more of a shit disturber than he is an enforcer. Um, for sure, and we've needed that for a long, long time. You know, like a lot. Like yeah. that's that's truly what we hope to get out of Cassian was somebody who really riled up the other team. Cassian's good at riling up Kachuk, and that's about it. Uh, or Sam Gagne. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly right. Um, you know, th- <laughs> it just doesn't. Um, yeah, we're missing a couple of, uh, I guess, when you're building the roster and you're looking at um, who you have and who you've paid, we're missing two key guys in, in Duncan Keith and, and Cassian. How much does the absence of them play into the kind of play that the Oilers have had? Like, has it been, in your mind, beneficial? It's like, hard to say because uh, yeah. of the system change, right? You know, like he's deploying these seven defensemen really because he doesn't have Duncan Keith. You know, yeah. and that's what I said. It's more to a statement of the lack of defensive depth than it is anything else. Because if he's got Duncan Keith in the lineup, he gives him 20 or 18 to 20 minutes a night. And then we've got a top four. The reason he's rolling out seven is because we don't have a top four. So now Keith's problems this year um, have been with decision-making on pinches has been with uh, closing gaps, gap control, you know, Duncan Keith has been fine with outlet passes. Duncan Keith has been fine with, uh, I think, defensive zone exits. I think he plays the cycle okay. He's pretty quick, like a jitterbug down low. He's just not a very fast player. He's quick. He's not fast, if that makes sense. And because I think he has poor edges, he's not very good at closing gaps, especially on guys who can shift like Connor um, on the fly. Now, I say all that maybe Duncan Keith's plays improve because they've got a third forward. Like we're already seeing that in the system now, right? I mean, Barry had defensive deficiencies. Bouchard had defensive deficiencies and some of those have been fixed through this, you know, system adjustment, whether it's the, that third forward high or whether it's the one, three, one in the neutral zone, they're, they're clogging it up. You can see it's a significant difference in trying to skate through our neutral zone. Yeah. I mean, it's night and day. Right. Like it's just, it's nice to watch, uh, for a change. Like you just kind of, you get the feeling that there's going to be somebody there, you know, they're going to look after each other. 
I for sure. Yeah, and I and I like the utilization of the defense, you know, to be able to properly utilize seven guys. Um it takes a lot of preparation, right? And that, and I think oh, that's sure. the thing I I've, I've loved about this about these guys come in. They just seem prepared for every game. You know, and they're you know, they're um you know, they're putting in the time off the ice. Uh, to make sure they know what's going on and and they know who they're going to play and in what situation against who. Right. Yeah. Uh, Neil says Smith and that is huge too. I think that, yeah, ob- absolutely. That makes a big difference. Getting goaltending makes a difference. Um, Just the way he moves the puck too. I yeah. mean, I know he had another gaffe the other night there and had a Pierre Smith moment where he basically passed it out in front, but we know that happens. Although that one was funny, right? Cause he like, he cut right in front of Lagason to go and get that puck. It was weird when Smith went behind the net on that one, like whether it was, he'd already told Lagason to back off or something. And it, it just looked like, a, you know what it reminded me of was, no, I'm not even going to say it. 2006 and some Ty <laughs> Conklin action in front yeah. of the net when Rod Brindamore's potting one from oh, game seven. Man. And I don't know, maybe that shouldn't yeah. have gone there. Sorry. It's a positive night. Positive night. Uh, so Dursa says something interesting. He says, don't rush Keith back, get him rested right now. I a hundred percent agree with that, but here's some interesting thoughts. Yeah. You can go uh, back for the playoffs. I'm good with that. Yeah. There's still some, uh, chance that Archibald could be back playoff ready. Mm. Like, you know, I hadn't heard that. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was nice sort of early. Yeah. It was early January. I heard, um, he was uh, he wasn't ruled out for the season, so that um, you know there's still there's still some areas this team has to give. I mean, it's not like yeah, oh, yeah. it's not like getting Kucherov back or anything like that. Um, but, <laughs> but it'd be nice, well, you know. Keith's <laughs> like, proven that he's better in the playoffs than he is in the regular season. So is Cassian. So yeah, yeah. You know, you skip a couple of law LTIR guys and bring them back. That's freaking almost what? That's ten plus million in salary. And love, 10 million even. love or hate and Cassian, I mean, yeah. having Cassian and Archibald in your arsenal of guys that you can put out there. And I think playoffs is a whole different ball game, right? Like you put the guys you think are going to win for yeah, you, man. right? Like I don't if hate you don't Archibald think, and Cassian on the wings yeah. in a fourth line in the playoffs. Absolutely. Yeah. And that, and, and you're probably playing, you know, 12 and six playoff time. You know, We're talking like, about the playoffs again, Michael. How good is this? I know. Four it's, games ago, the city yeah. was on fire. Everybody <laughs> no, was still... absolutely at their wits end. We weren't going to make the playoffs. I said they were out. City. I said they and were. And now out. we're two games out of second place with a game in hand. I know. How about but, that? The division, eh? But are are we still not a little Jeez, bit? Look, I got so excited, you almost cut me off there. You were going to cut <laughs> me right out. Are are we Good, still not a little fragile? Up, Aren't we fragile in the country? I mean, is it like you That's feel a little bit like it's too good to be true? Look, this, you don't want to believe your good name. This, uh, this Cass <laughs> and uh, Archie uh, commentary, it's, it's striking people up here. Oh, yeah. Let's go. Oh, yeah. Let's get it on. Clef bomb. Neil some... says maybe Clef bomb question. Mark. Oh, I should yeah. add him to the list. <laughs> add him to the list. And- that's yeah, why I, I want to get all the way to 20 so we can get a Kucherov shirt that said 18 over the cap or 20 million over yeah, the cap. Chris Russell. We got maybe Chris Russell. Ooh. Hey, what's what's going on with Cuckoo? I don't even see him on the I think IR. he's just not a very good defenseman, Michael. <laughs> I mean, he's had, he's had moments. I think he's an angel quality moments. defenseman, and he's that's where moments. he's playing. Yeah. That's what's going on with Cuckoo. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I mean, and, and, and Woodcroft and, you know, that was still tip like Woodcroft's going to trust Lagason and those guys before he's going to go that way anyways. Right. So here's my biggest concern with all of this is, is still Holland doesn't make moves when things are going well. Right. Like, you know, Ken Holland looks at this team trades, trades, anything like that. He doesn't make trades, period. He doesn't, he doesn't make moves. So like any moves typically, you know, if like, yeah, he just picks up scratch tickets like Gaetan Haas. If he had, you know, if the Oilers win four in a row, like, I feel like he puts the phone down and thinks everything's good. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's what you should be shopping for a goalie because the other GMs in the league don't think you're biting and chomping at the bit for yeah. one. So. And so I, I do have a little bit of a fear that, you know, you go on a bit of a run. Uh, I hope that, and, and Holland's not a trade deadline guy, typically, like Athanasio was probably the biggest deal he's ever Mike made. Green the, for a Mike fifth. Green, yeah. <laughs> you know? Um. You know, I, I have this little bit of fear in the back of my head that says we're going on a little bit of a run and you need a little bit of a challenge in there for Ken Holland to pick up the phone again. Like, I feel like if you had conversations about a goaltender there, you know, he's he's put the phone down and said, well, maybe we're all right. You know, we've, <laughs> we've had four games. Well, he's in goaltending. I guess the right yeah. deal's got to be there, though, too. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, I think he's uncovered some rocks looking for a goalie. I don't think they're easy to find. I think the ones that oh, are available definitely. don't want to come here. And, you know, if that's what we're sitting around and waiting for him to do, eh, it's going to be tough until a few dominoes fall or or what have you. Right. But I honestly think at this point in time, he is just fine sitting with the goaltenders he has until the end of the year. You don't be shocked if we get through trade deadline and we didn't trade for a goalie, Michael. Don't be. I mean, if we could get oh, rid of Koskinen, there's, there's just not a lot. It, it's got to be the Koskinen's got to go. Yeah, Koskinen's got to go in order for it to work, right? Um, you know, I mean, uh, but the but world's to, but to get rid of Koskinen and have someone else eat salary or something on another goalie, it's just like it costs us valuable assets. Do you want to give up a Broberg right now? Do you want to give up a Holloway right now? Do you want to give up a first round pick right now? Yeah. That's what it costs to dump salary, man. So yeah, there's the three most, the five most valuable assets in the NHL are Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, cap space, cap space, and cap space. Von Koskinen's gone at the end of the season. Sure. And that's why I think he's willing to make his move then. I'd like, that's why I say, don't be surprised. Because that just goes away. Skinner, you know, and Skinner will be interesting next year too, Michael, because he's got to clear waivers next year based on his contract. So you've either got to keep him down all year or keep him up all year because he isn't going to clear. Everybody lost an ego says, um, we haven't seen Koskinen with this good of defense for a while either. His first year, I'm pretty sure he was around 917. Koskinen's been had stretches where he's been where he's been brilliant. My biggest challenge with Koskinen is I just don't trust inconsistent. him. He is what it is. Yeah. He's going to be good at times and he's going to shit the bed at times. That's just who Miko is. That's just who he is. It hasn't changed. It's not going to change. He's a decent one B when he's playing well and he's a below average backup when he's not good enough. And, and Connor said he's the unsung hero of the team. 
Right. He's got to say that when the guy cries himself <laughs> to sleep every night, like people <laughs> comes to the dressing room is his eyes are all puffy and they're swollen. <laughs> like Captain Connor's <laughs> got to say something to make him feel better. Um, you notice Skinner credited his shout out to the work he's been doing with Dustin Schwartz. Oh my Not God. So I missed that. Yeah. No, I did. So, you know, can Mike Smith credit Dustin Schwartz for the third goal when he was practically hiding underneath the goal line? Hey, I will so tell Mike you this. So. Best impression of a pile of snow that Mark Andre Fleury piles in the back of his trees. He, how do you have 16 inches of space <laughs> above your shoulder and head for Zegers to aim at when you're six foot five? Zegers you, you, is- you pretty much got to lay down and, and, do a Bill Ranford stacking the pads impression. Zegers like is was- a good talent though, right? Like give him that. <laughs> give him that. I you know what? Let I- me ask you this. How many more tricks does Zegers and Milano have up their sleeve that we haven't seen? Well, there was two more tonight. Yeah, yeah. No, they're I like those guys. Like I love watching them play. Yeah. I mean they can stop scoring the past, eh? spoilers, <laughs> but yeah. I'm usually punching the wall because of Ryan Kessler and uh Ryan gets laugh and you know, I'm upset that the ducks did it to us again. And, and the player hatred that I've had for some of those guys. And it's like, it's hard to like Zegris, but I do. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, you know, the creativity fun to, I mean, sick lacrosse moves at the all-star break. Although, uh, although the all-star skills competition isn't for me anymore, obviously it's more for the eight-year-olds. Other than yeah. the hangover references, which I'm not sure the seven and eight year olds really understood, but we're picking up on there. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, but hey, look, the, the kid is is talented. I mean, it's um, it is fun to watch. Like I, you know, that Zegris to Milano goal, loved it. Uh, you know, as long as they're not scoring them against Edmonton. But tonight, that little um, little shot to the. Uh, little shot to, to Milano in front of the net. Sweet tip. Right. And sweet, sweet Easy. pass. Right. Yeah. Like that's hard. To, that's hard it. to defend, yeah. defend against. Even. For sure. Yeah. It looks Sedinish, right. Where yeah. they like put their stick on the ice at a certain angle and, and Henrik would just know where to put it on Daniel's stick and Daniel would know where to be. And like the slap pass. Remember yeah, the Sedin slap pass. It's a good time to be, a, to be a hockey it. fan, right. In terms of skill in the league. You know, and then mm-hmm. and then to have like, you know, the funny thing is we've got arguably the two best players in the league in dry settle and McDavid. Of course we do. And um, but they're not showy like unless these guys. Toronto. Right. Yeah. Unless you're from Toronto. <laughs> they're not showy like the Zegrises of this world. And and that um, you think uh, Eichel will make this big a difference as everybody's talking. We had 18 minutes last night, uh, one hit. Um, I mean, geez, first game after neck surgery, it's tough to judge a guy, but that's a lot of minutes. Is he going to make a big difference? <sighs> yeah, I think so. If he's anywhere close, if he's 80% of the Jack Eichel that the Sabres drafted, he'll still make a difference. When they were talking about it, though, they were talking with the intention or thought that the Saber or Sabres, uh, the Knights would have Stone Knights. in the lineup. Right. That, what about uh, it? What well, that like that's like when they're talking about this behemoth of a team, 
I mean, that was oh, with, that they with would need Stone. Eichel. They would need They'd Stone, Stone in the line. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, just having that one two punch, right? I mean, we yeah. saw, we've, we've seen firsthand in Buffalo that Eichel can't carry a team, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and look, very few players outside of maybe Crosby have ever been able to carry a team. Ovechkin, exactly. Ovechkin yeah. had one cup and it took him forever to get it, right? You know, I mean, yeah takes more than one player but um yeah i think that's kind of what everybody thought I, I i think though the thing with um with vegas is they just need to make it to the playoffs right and yeah yeah and stone should be back in time for playoffs is is my understanding or, i would think so close yeah, to yeah doing his little kucherov impression right now yeah yeah well hey uh neil this is a cold take but i think eichel is overrated I I don't know. I don't it's hard to say. I've seen I've seen Eichel play firsthand um a lot of times actually. I've been in Buffalo, I've been I've watched him in uh four or five different arenas actually, crazy as that is. Um here's the thing, like guys like Eichel and these guys, they're doing things that you don't get to see if you're just watching on TV. Mm-hmm. Right? Like I remember uh, a guy that I'm a big fan of is uh, Darlene defenseman in Buffalo, right? One mm-hmm. first overall. Sure. I've watched him. Uh, I've always been a big fan of Darlene. Um, but the first time I got to see him play was nothing like if you were watching on TV, you never would have, you wouldn't have picked up half of the stuff that he did on the ice because he just, the camera's not on him nonstop or, he, you know, the angles yeah. aren't right. Um, I think Eichel's that kind of player. Like these guys, they're that kind of player. Um, the difference with, say, McDavid is he's just so next level that you can't not see what McDavid does, right? Like yeah. you see, and well, you see what he does, but you, you also, there's a lot you don't see, right? That I think you only catch when you're, when you get in person. But I, I would tell you this mm-hmm. that the times I've watched Eichel play, I mean, he's, he's pretty outstanding. Um, I, I don't know if I'd, um, Neil's, uh, coming back. He said, he did say, I said cold take, which yeah, <laughs> which is fair. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. And I mean, like, he's yeah. got a point to what he's saying. Like at the end of the day, yeah. I still think he's probably a five to 10 center top five to 10 center in the league in his prime, yeah. but maybe he does have an element of overrated to him because of exactly what you said, Michael, he's proved he hasn't carried a team. He's, you know, he's, he's had poor leadership. He's, you know, told coaches and GMs what to do. So I think there's an element of truth to what he's saying for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. All right. Well, we've, uh, exceeded our allotted time before everybody tells us to get going. Usually do you're right there. Uh, Winnipeg Saturday, Minnesota Sunday, quick predictions as always. Back to back, say, um, how good can we keep this coach bump going? How long can it last? Um, let's go for a split and I will say, uh, loss to Winnipeg and then we get back on our horse. What I'm going to go, I'm going to go the other way. Yeah. I think, um, still a split though. I, yeah. Still a split, but I think we beat Winnipeg. Uh, and maybe lose to Minnesota. I think Minnesota, 
I don't know. We'll see. But Winnipeg though is on a bit of a tear, so you you could yeah. be right. But I but I think the Oilers are due for a loss. And um, you know, then what? Then we got something else to talk about next week. I got to probably come down to goaltending in Winnipeg too. Right? Yeah, like yeah. Pat Burns said, goaltending seventy percent of the game, unless you don't have one, and it's hundred percent of the game. <laughs> then it's hundred percent. You bet. All right. As usual, you get the last word there, Dash. Thanks for joining me tonight. As always, happy to have you on. Uh, we'll be back uh, next week. I'm going to take the week off, so somebody's going to be uh, guest hosting the show. Maybe it's Dash. Maybe it's uh, somebody. We'll see. Um, but I'm going to take the week off. Enjoy myself and uh, the time away. Uh, make sure you check out Heavy Hockey dot com uh lots of great stuff tomorrow we release the friday mailbag everybody on the heavy hockey crew gets together and responds to a few questions if you have any questions you can send them to mailbag at heavyhockey.com uh as always like subscribe do all those things uh please we need to get the youtube uh going uh great um Great show uh, tonight in terms of uh, how many people came out to watch and and listen in on the various different platforms. Uh, That's always great. Good to have your support. Uh, Really love you guys. Thanks so much. And now, Dash, uh, you close off for the night. All right, here we go. Last words go like this. Uh, Thanks for having me, Michael. My handsome Haligonian hunk. You know I love talking hockey with you almost as much as... uh, Anyone else, you know, Durst is up there. I got to give him some credit. Um, you know, we were talking on our thread earlier before the game and kind of uh, like our, our heavy hockey private thread and, and talking about some like witty jokes because we think we're funny. And, uh, you know, the Gordie Howe hat trick is is a goal and an assist and a fight. And, and I think we've renamed the Vander Kane hat trick a, uh, a goal and an assist and a sucker punch. And... I just wanted to let you know that we've also uh, been informed that Josh has a hat trick named after him as well. So, so there's the Josh hat trick that's that's known amongst his team that he coaches, but it's uh, it's not quite as glorifying as, as the others because it's actually when you uh, trip over the blue line, take a five minute or ten minute penalty for chirping the referees, and you forget to put your skate guards on so when you do those three things in 60 minutes you've got a josh hat trick um so i'd like to give him credit for inventing something like that and having something named after him that's pretty cool um other than that i would just echo exactly what michael says here you know please check out our heavy hockey website there's great articles there's some great analytical breakdowns by ryan lotsberg there's some awesome video breakdowns by josh and tough call pod um, we've got Durst with straight off the pipe and freezing with 99 forever. Of course, we've got our Haligonian head honcho here. Who's a great guy. He's like a one in 14,000, this guy. Uh, if you enjoy this, honestly, please subscribe, um, smash cross check. I don't know, spear two hand, that subscribe button, set your notifications so that when Michael does shows on Thursdays instead of Tuesdays and straight off the pipe goes post game, you'll, you'll know that we're on. And, and if you appreciate anything we're doing, please subscribe. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sending the comments live. It's great to be able to interact with all you guys. Heavy hockey all the way. Let's go Oilers. Good night, everybody. Oilers live.